Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently, with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, today's guest is Teresa Heathwaring. She's an online business marketing and mindset coach who works with business owners to help them build a business and life that they love. That is when she's not speaking from stage, winning awards or hosting the Your Dream Business podcast. We're going to dive into rediscovering your dream business. For those times when you've got a little bit sidetracked by life or maybe by chasing a goal that was never yours to start with. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Diane. I'm very excited to be here. So let's kick off with a little intro to you and your business journey. I think I had quite an interesting business journey. I joke that like I am not an entrepreneur. I never expected to be. But basically what happened was I had spent my entire business life in corporate jobs, working for other people in marketing. I'd done a degree in marketing. I loved it. I did all these different jobs. I had like teeny tiny jobs where I did everything for small companies right the way up to working for Land Rover, where I ran the corporate marketing. And I just loved it. I loved being employed, never wanted my own business, never even thought for a second I would. And then I got a job as head of marketing for an agency. And during my time at that agency, I went through a bit of a change in my life. My, what was then husband and I got divorced and I was a single parent to my daughter who was like four, I think at the time, three or four. And you know, when like you've been through something really big and you just, you get to the point, I just want to be happy. Like I literally just want to be happy. And the job was good, but there was a few things that I was like, Do you know what? I don't think I've got the energy to deal with this. I know I'm going to hand in my notice. I'm going to give eight weeks notice and then I'm going to get another job. I'd been in marketing at that point for 10 years. I knew what I was talking about. I was very good at it. And forgetting that I lived in a fairly rural-ish part of Shropshire in England. And I handed my notice in and I couldn't get another job because even though like other agencies like, yeah, I'd love you, but I don't want to pay that money. And someone said to me, a friend of mine said, well, could you just do our social media for us? And I gave them a price and they said, yes. And I was like, oh, hang on. Like, I've just bought in X amount of money for this agency that I worked for. And a friend of mine is willing to pay me this. What if? And it was if the moment my head went, what if? My boss at the time went, hang on a minute. Like I hadn't even, it's like I hadn't even spoke it out loud. And she asked me to leave. So I had one week to set up my business. I had no savings, no partner, so no other money coming into the house. I had parents, but they weren't rich. So there was no like lending money off them. And basically I had to earn the salary that I had earned because I had my daughter and I had a mortgage and I had a car and I had to feed her and all that jazz. And I started my business. So I started off as a consultant and basically people who couldn't afford to bring in a full-time marketing manager, I would go in, but I did all the stuff for them. And over time that grew and I brought some team members in and we were kind of small agency and we did social media and we did marketing and we did all sorts of different things. And then it was about, I don't know, about six months in that I started to realize that social media was still still a newish thing for businesses back then. It was about eight years ago. And I started to realize that there were these experts out there. And I was like, how are they expert? Like, what makes them an expert? 
So I one day bumped into one, a local one, and she said, I was quite good on Twitter. So my friends asked me to do some training and I've, I'm, and I've done it ever since. And I was like, hang on a minute, that doesn't seem right. So I decided to find some big experts out there and learn how to do this so that when I said I knew what I was talking about, I really did. And I found the online world and I found the Mari Smiths of this world and I found all of the kind of people, the Kim Gass and all of those people. So I started doing all this training, started making sure that when I talked about something, I knew what I was talking about. But during this time, I also started to do some speaking locally. So I really enjoyed speaking. It was something that has always been like a bit of a passion for me. So I was doing speaking, I was doing workshops. So between the online world and the kind of early speaking in very small places to very small, you know, groups of people, FYI, it wasn't like big stages. I started to think this online thing, like this is pretty cool, actually. My ego likes being stood in front of people. I think (laughs) I'd quite like this online. And I started to think, what if I could do this online thing? But of course, by the time I really start to think about this, I'd built up an agency. I then got together with my now husband and it got to a point where I was like, you know, I've built this business that brings me in like six figures and it's really nice and like you don't have to pay for anything. What if I just got rid of all my clients and started again on an online business? And my husband very kindly, amazingly was like, go on then, let's give it a go. And so I started my online business. I have, so today I have a membership. I have a small membership. I have a group, small group mastermind type membership as well two levels to that. And then I do one-to-one work and I have various little courses and I do sort of workshops around sort of goal setting and planning. And and basically over time, I've changed. So when I first started business, it was marketing fully in and out. That's what I knew. And then by the time I'd had my business for a few years, I started to talk more about business and then I started to go on this mindset journey. So today I would call myself a business and mindset coach But that's kind of the short story as to how I got it. (laughs) Yeah, I like that because I think, you know, we're going to talk so much about what your dream is for your business today Mm -hmm. and how that changes and what that looks like as we grow. And so I think your Mm -hmm. story is such a good introduction to that journey. So when you talk about, because I know it's one of the things you like to talk about, is people having their dream business. How do you define that? Just so that everyone's on the same page when we start. Yeah, great. So one thing that I found coming into this online space is everyone has a really strong opinion of what success is, okay? So unless you are creating a, you know, sell it while you sleep, seven-figure business, you're basically useless, is what I got after being in this industry for a while. I basically went out to the world and went, okay, what does this perfect business look like? And the online business, online world told me. So that's what I tried to do for years. And then I was like, this isn't working. And then actually these people who are talking to me tend to be white middle-aged men and don't have kids. And I had a four-year-old and who's now 13, I think. If I could... <laughs> Like, you know, this doesn't work for me. This isn't like, and actually, yeah, you say this, but I don't want this. Or I don't like doing it that way. So for me, when I talk about dream business, I it's kind of like one of those phrases that like I love and I hate because I think we are so in a world where we're told what it needs to be that I think sometimes people might hear it and go, oh, here we go, here's another person telling me what I should have in my world. 
but it's about what your dream is. It's about what you want. And it's creating something that fills you up and makes you happy and doesn't revolve around earning six, seven figures. Because yes, I'm not saying that we don't want that money. However, some people have got kids, some people have got hobbies, some people want to work a certain way. Some people only want to work three days a week. Some people are happy to work and build an empire. Some people don't want to work with anybody. And I, my job and my aim is to empower as many business owners as possible to understand what that means for them, not what they've been taught. I want them to unlearn this absolute rubbish they've been taught so they are empowered to go, do you know what? This coach told me I should be earning X by now. I'm not, but I am more than happy with that because of X, Y, Z. Not that they have to justify it to anyone, FYI. But it's about just getting uber, uber clear on who am I? Where am I in my season of life? I.e. what other considerations do I have to have? And what is it that I really want? And like you said, that changes. When I started my business, I had a, well, I think she was four when I got divorced. I think maybe she was five when I started the business. I had a young child that today looks very different. So therefore, what I did back then and what I do now and, and what I want from life and business are very different. So it's a movable feast that moves with you based on who you are in your season of life. Yeah. So I think we're seeing a lot in recent years. I'm sure you're seeing this as well. First of all, COVID really reset yeah. people's priorities in a huge way not just people who were coming into the online world, but people who are already in the online world. And now kind of you're seeing recession looming. You're seeing people wanting more access, wanting, frankly, more reasonable prices than we've been taught in the online space. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing people shift. And like you said, you can have something happen, like maybe you're getting married or you're having a baby or you're moving mm. countries or you're getting divorced. We're navigating all of that change. Yeah. How do we accept that? What I see people struggle with is here's my super successful business that beautifully pays my bills. That is my dream business. It is the business I could not have dreamed of five years ago. Now suddenly I'm going, well, I have a new dream. Mm -hmm. And that brings up two different spaces. One, how do you replace? Because now we're going from replacing like a corporate revenue stream to an actual business revenue stream. And do I really want to start that all again? But a second area of like, what are people going to think about this change, right? Mm -hmm. What is other people's interpretation? Like, I've been doing this for so long. Do, are they going to think I'm changing? But like, do people think that you stopped having an agency because you couldn't hack mm -hmm. it at an agency yeah. versus yeah, 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 actually yeah. your dream just changed? I guess my first question is how do we navigate that change for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And then my second question is how do we communicate or market that change so that people understand and can come on that journey with us? I love that. So the first thing is, is like clearing out all the, like the crap, like getting back down to basics and sitting there with yourself and going, what do I want? If I allowed myself to dream, if I allowed myself to ignore the, how this can happen or what's the deal or what's the consequences of changing or how that even starts to look like that thing what is it I want? If I could wake up tomorrow and that's how it looks, what is that? So I think, first of all, getting so clear on that and getting so passionate about that, so happy that that is what I want. 
I want that more than anything. Because if you can really start to feel that and get behind it, then you are going to be the driver to that. And yeah, like I love a bit of the woo stuff and I do love like, you know, manifesting stuff, whatever, but I'm also a big fan of action. And the fact is, if I lie here and go, I'd like my dream house and do no work, the chances are I'm not going to get it. Like, so getting super clear, but then going, okay, now I've got to take some action. But I do think it's about kind of stripping everything away. Like there's always options. And I know that is going to trigger some people. And and I know even in my own life, like I've had this conversation with my sister, like my brother's special needs and my mum passed away a few years ago and my dad, you know, he's getting older. And my sister's like, I'm going to have to look after my brother when my dad passes away. And I'm like, you don't have to. And she's like, well, I do. I don't have a choice. And I'm like, you do have a choice. It's not a nice or easy one, but you have a choice. We always have a choice. It's not always the easiest one to make. But if we know deep down what we really, really want, it just helps that whole process. So I think that's the key thing. Like, just allow yourself to dream and think and go, if I was to have a business in a certain way, or if I was to create something, what would I want it to be? And that is the only thing that matters. It's you, like forget everyone else. And I love that next question about how does it look? You know, up until you just said, it never occurred to me what people thought. Like I was so, and I never did it intentionally. It wasn't like someone told me to sit and dream about what you want and all this sort of thing. It was just that I was like, my ego, like I love, I was told I spoke too much as a child my entire life. Like <laughs> I like talking. And so for me, it was just like, that's what I want. And it never even crossed my mind what anybody else would think. It would never even, I never even thought that someone might think that I wasn't very good at the agency side, which is why I got rid of it. Because I was just so passionate about, no, I want to do this. And this is where my dream is. And this is what I want. In terms of like those other people, I had a great, I've got a great example. So when I talk about season of life, I've got two kind of case studies that I talk about all the time. And one is Becky, who uh, is a social media manager who has young children and wants to do the school run. And she, and also she loves working with women of small businesses. So she knows if she worked in corporate, if she went for bigger businesses, if she wants to work more hours, she could earn loads more money. But she doesn't want to do any of that. She wants to work with people that she loves working with and she wants to do the school run. So she knows right now she is earning really good money for what she's doing and who she's working with. And that fits in perfectly with her season of life. And then I've got the lovely Wendy. And Wendy's in her 50s and Wendy had a membership. And she had followed a lot of the gurus and a lot of people. You've got to have a membership, you've got to have this. And, and Wendy and her husband are at a point in their life where they love going on holiday. Like she's just been to Goa for three weeks. Like she loves a holiday and they are in a fortunate position where they can afford to go on holiday all the time. And she came to me and she was talking about her membership and she's like, I know this is what everyone says you should do. And I know, you know, I'm doing it and da, da, da. But I am so tired of like not being able to take time off when I want because that is the other truth of an online business, FYI. When they go, work from anywhere, earn money in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to work because it's my face that people want to see in my membership and rightly so. So she was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, how could this look then? Like, yeah, I know that all these other people are saying this is the way to do it, but just ignore that. What do you want? How do you want it to look? So she's created a completely different product, a completely different service based on the fact that she can now go traveling and she can now go and enjoy that time because that's what she wants to do. So I think I think it's a balanced thing. I think it's about getting super clear and being so passionate about what you want. Actually, I couldn't give a hoot what anybody else thinks. 
because it's just me and this is what I want to do. And the other thing is, like, the chances are there's going to be a handful of people who might think or say something. And are you going to stop getting what you want just because of those people? Like, they win. Well done, them. Like, they get to stop your dream and your life and your everything just because you might be scared of what they might say. Who cares what they say? Like, it's me who's got to get up every day and do this. So just do what you want to do. And it's probably the case that none of them will actually ever say it to you. You know, no one's going to come to you and be like, oh, I saw I saw you pivoted. Mm, things not going well. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like they might say it about you, but you yeah, will never yeah. know. And I think that's the thing is we have this whole story in our heads around how other people are going to react. And I like mm-hmm. what you said about just actually like, what do I care about? Yeah. What is it that you think knocks us off the dream wagon? Right. So we we start our business. And I think we're really good at the beginning of starting a business of dreaming about what that business could be. Mm. Even if like in your case, it was, hey, I need to replace my corporate salary. That's a 100%. really common dream yep. for people who have been in mm-hmm. corporate. You know, for some people, it's like, hey, I want to be able to travel with my business or whatever. I think at the beginning, we're really good at being like, oh, I'm going to dream big. I'm going to be a multi-bajillionaire working three hours a day on a beach in Thailand. It's going to happen for me. body. And lovely right, hair exactly. all the time. I'm yeah, a yeah, private yeah. chef and some yeah. some like frond waivers or whatever, you know, on the beach <laughs> to keep me cool while I work, you know, so my laptop doesn't overheat. Right. And then at some point, like we get knocked off the wagon and we get sucked into the marketing and we get sucked into the money. And the reason I ask this question is we can take that step back and we can do that like full, like, okay, let me dream about what does it look mm-hmm. like again? And I can get back on the dream wagon. But chances are something is going to come along and potentially knock me off the dream wagon again. So mm-hmm. what am I watching for? Where's the wave that's going to crash my laptop on the beach, you know, and end my dream? <laughs> what am I watching for so that I can stay on this dream track? A hundred percent. I think it comes from a number of things. I think it comes from, one, not being 100% clear on what it is you want. And when I say 100% clear, like, don't get me wrong, I have got huge, huge dreams. Like, in front of me is my vision board. That house uh, is to die for. Like, it's st- the greenhouse. I'm into gardening. I have house plants. I'm obsessed with house plants. So, like, I I can see it. It's stunning. It's huge. So, I am all about the dream bigging. Dream bigging? That's not a word. Dreaming big. <laughs> However, for me, it's about, it comes down to almost like, what am I doing every day that, like, so, okay, let me put this in this way. Let's say when I do an exercise with people and I say, right, I want you to close your eyes and I take them through a meditation and we talk about like waking up in their perfect day. And some people will go, you know, I've woken up, I'm in a house by the beach, obviously always, you know, I I don't have to go to work straight off the bat because obviously that's everyone's perfect day. I do yoga, I do this. It's about 11.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And it's like, OK, well, let's let's break all that down. Which of those things could you do now? Right. So lots of people say, I wake up and I go to the gym, right? Well, you don't have to be a millionaire to do that. So could you do that now? Like, again, I get the season of life if they've got little kids and whatever. But if they're little kids, they wouldn't be able to do that in their beach house, like, you know, in Malibu. Do you know what I mean? They've still got the little kids. But like, it's almost about taking the big dream and, and knowing that you want something big and amazing and beautiful down the line. 
and working towards that, but at the same time, really appreciating where you are right now and really having gratitude for that. And I think for me that that is the thing that keeps us going on track. That Because if we're just constantly looking ahead, we're never loving what we're doing now. And you can't, it's like I had someone come on a call once and they were like, oh, so when I lose weight, I'm going to go and get loads of clothes and get some nice clothes. I went, oh, so you're going to look shit until you lose weight then. And she just looked at me and I was like, no, seriously though, are you? Because what is, why? Why would you wait? So it, for me, it's that balance of dreaming big, but also in the everyday saying, what can I do today? What can I, like, if I'm thinking I will show up as a certain way when I have my huge business, well, why wouldn't I show up that way now? If I, like, I sometimes like laugh at myself at that, hey, bougie, I feel like when I wake up and meditate in the morning, like, you know, and I'm very lucky. Like I said, my daughter's 13 now. If she was four, it'd be a very different matter. So like I'm doing that now and I feel so grateful for that and so happy about that. And I love where I am. Now, is it where I want to be in the future? No, it's not. But am I okay with that? And am I happy? And and there's this great quote. I was a co-author on a multi-author book and I put this quote, it basically said, it wasn't my quote, it was someone else's, and I'm going to completely hash it up now. But basically it says something like, if I was nothing more than I am here today, could I be okay with it? And I turn that into translation of business. If your business was nothing more than it is today, could you be okay with it? So when we say dream business and when we think about heading towards those dreams, those dreams can be bigger than what we are, but we've got to love what we're doing today because otherwise, well, what's the point? Because everything's just like, well, when? Well, when? And it's like, well, when might not ever come? So, and I think when you are doing that, you can take the rough with the smooth. You can go, okay, I wanted that thing. I thought it was going to happen this year. It didn't happen this year because that wave came and crushed me away. But actually, I'm still pretty happy with where I am and I love where I am and I love my job and I love what I do. So for me, it's about constantly checking back in with this is where we are and this is what I like doing. And that's why bringing in some of those things. Yes, the money, we might want more and we want the bigger house and we want to travel and we do all those amazing things. But what can I do right now? How can I enjoy it right now? How can I live that person right now? And also the constant reminder of focus back on your goals, focus back on your goals, focus back on your goals. Because that's the other thing. Like we, you know, it's funny. Some people, if they're not in my membership, they might sit and do a, I do a workshop at the end of the year about goal setting. It's something I'm very passionate about. And people sit there and then they might not look at them again all year until I do another <laughs> workshop. And it's like, well, what's the point in that? Like, no, the idea is that we keep coming back to them and we keep reminding ourselves. So every time we get knocked off the path, we go, ah, okay, let's bring me back. Let's enjoy where I am right now and look around and see the beauty and go, this is awesome. I mean, the fact that if you've got your own business, you should be high-fiving yourself every freaking day. Like the fact that I get to wake up, if I've got no calls, I don't have to set an alarm. I do get up pretty early anyway, but I don't have to set an alarm. I wake up and I meditate like some smug person <laughs> that I feel and then I journal and then I do something else and then I go make myself brunch and then I do like no job on this earth is going to pay me to do that. And I think what's interesting about what you were saying about enjoying like now 
I think mm-hmm. often when, and I think most people, if they were honest with themselves, would admit this, but when they have made a less than ideal business choice to follow mm-hmm. somebody else's yep. suggestion for what their dream should be, it's because they've been looking to be saved by that person. Yeah. They have been in a place of usually quite intense pain about something that's happening around them. And this person has gone, well, look at me with my like floaty lifesaver thingy, whatever yeah. that's called, you know, the ring thing. Right. I know what you mean. And the boy. And you've latched onto it and suddenly you're flying off your wagon towards somebody mm-hmm. else's dream. And so yeah. if you are in a more grateful space or enjoying the journey where you are right now, you're less likely to go looking for that distraction. Yeah. You don't want to be yeah. saved. And and the thing with and this is so hard because I do have courses and I do teach people stuff. But my whole thing this year is no one else needs another course. Like, unless, and I, that sounds very sweeping and, and it is a little bit sweeping, but like, I feel like people sometimes look, unless you have that need to know how to do that thing and that course is going to teach you how to do that thing, stop looking at these as as something that's going to save you. It's not. Yes, it might have worked for them. Yes, they might become very successful from it. Yes, they might have told you the most insane testimonials you've ever heard. However, does that mean by doing that one course, you are going to become that one thing? No. And does it work for you and your industry and your season of life and how you like to work? And that's why I have lent back to the one-to-one because it's, and I've never, you know, luckily or unluckily, I guess how you look at it, I've never had massive, massive numbers. So like the most I'll have on a coaching, in my membership, there's like a hundred people. And the most that'll be on a coaching call is like 30 or 40 people. No, probably that's a lie. Probably more like 30 people is the most I've ever had. But I'm still able to go around them each and have a conversation with them each if I want to. Like when it comes to those big, massive things, they don't take any of those things into account. And I think when you're working in a smaller group or working with someone that stops and pays attention to who you are, what's important to you, helps you understand all that, and then goes... Okay, so like, you know, someone coming to me and saying, Teresa, I've seen someone do this. I think it's brilliant. And for me to know them well enough to go, you'd hate that. Like, yeah, you might think that's the answer, but you, right, let's let's work this out. Do you like turning up this way every week doing this thing? No. Do you want to do that? No. So that isn't your savior. And I think you're right. I think, and I think there's a problem on both parts. I think there's a problem on how people market stuff. And how the experts and the gurus of this world market like they are the secret. And it's like, no, it worked for you. And now you're trying to tell everybody how you did it. And basically, if they don't do it your way, it's your fault, not not theirs. And I think there is a part of us that, and I don't blame us, that I have a lot of sympathy for us that thinks, God, when am I going to get that magic pill that's going to fix everything and basically make my business like huge and give me all the money and give me the Instagram life that everybody shows me? But I just think it's, for me, it has to come from you. It has to come from inside you. It has to come from what you love, what you like doing, how you like showing up, how you want your business to be, how it fits in with you and everything around you, or otherwise you're just not going to do it. Mm, So true. I'm going to ask you probably the toughest question now. If you could only tell a business owner one thing about building their dream business, what would that be? I would say work with someone that 
gets to know you and empowers you to do the thing, not rely on them to help you do the thing. Mm. The codependent business coach model of yesteryear. Still still now, but was very much taught five, ten years ago. Awful. And like the people who make it like you can't succeed unless I'm in your life. Like, no, my idea is I've had to set up various like levels because people would go through something and I'd be ready to kind of wave them off and I'd go, oh, could I offer something that helps them at their next level? But there's nothing nicer than like seeing them go, I'm at this stage now and I don't need you. They want to stay in my world and that's lovely, but they don't need me and no one should. Like it's in it's in you to do everything. You just need someone to help you, give you clarity, guide you, show you the right tools and techniques to, you know, to help you. Because the thing is as well, a lot of the stuff, the mindset stuff I teach and work on, just because you have those tools and techniques does not mean that suddenly your life is a bed of roses. Far from it. Things still go wrong. Things are still a massive problem. Things, you know, you still get times where you don't feel like you can, you know, get out of bed, let alone run a business. And all that happens now is it. I go through it a lot quicker. Like I know which tool to pick up and go, we're going to use this one today or we're not going to beat ourselves up. We're going to have a lot of sympathy or we're going to listen to ourselves and go, actually, do you want to stay in bed? Is there a reason you want to stay in bed? Or are you just being a bit lazy? Like the fact is I can use these tools that I've learned from other coaches. I don't need to go back to them to say, help me get out of this situation. Yes, I feel that one. So if people are thinking about their business and wondering if this is it, if this is the dream, have you got a little resource that can help them start to make some decisions? Yes. So I spent a long time last year creating a quiz because when I do something, I like to do it really well. So I have a quiz that helps you discover your business blocker. Basically, you put in there where you're with certain things and then I come back and say, this is the next step that you might want to take. Like, so, you know, if you're not showing up consistently on social media, I'll probably get you to start showing up consistently before I tell you to do a whole load of reels. Like, or if you haven't got an email list, I'm not going to tell you to email people out. I'll tell you to get an email list. So, so yeah, you can go and find that quiz at com forward slash quiz. Awesome. So to finish up, I always ask my guests the same two questions. First of all, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? Oh, see, this is true because like... I like I'm so in love with my business that I am pretty pants at that. If I can help it, I'm very good at scheduling stuff around my daughter because I don't have her full time. So when I manage my diary, like I will block out the times where my husband's not here and my daughter's not here and I will work all hours God sends. But when they're around, I try super hard. And in the summer, because I found gardening and I flip in love it, it's like if the sun's shining, I'm outside, which I just love. So it's more about being flexible. But th- to be fair, though, if like I've got to speak or something, then I go and speak. So yeah, I, I but I flip and love what I do. It's really hard. It's re- I'm not the best at those boundaries. Which do I feel like more today, business or gardening? <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. And I think for me, the boundaries come in who I work with and who I'm aligned with and what I say. Like, I, there are people that I've had on my podcast years ago that I now debate deleting the episode. And I don't delete the episodes, 
but the Teresa you get now and the conversations I have now and the kind of my opinions on now have changed over the years. And I keep it in because of my journey, but those are my only hard boundaries, I would say. Awesome. Okay, this one might be even harder. What is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given as an entrepreneur? God, everything. The worst piece of cookie cutter advice. So can I do one that wasn't technically given to me, but it was just horrific? Sure. I was in a group mastermind, a very expensive one, and there was about 80 of us in there, right? Like, there's no way they know about us. Now. They didn't even know my name, let alone what my business was. And this one lady had, they were encouraging us all to launch. And they're basically saying the reason we weren't launching is because we were scared. And you had to launch and just put yourself out there and, you know, jump off the thing and the parachute will appear and all of the things that you can think about. Anyway, this one lady had literally pivoted her business to a completely different thing, right? No audience, no website, no social media, no nothing that basically said, this is who I am and what I do. Completely different audience. And she went on one of these calls and got a hot seat and they were like, you've got to launch. You've got to launch by the end of the quarter. And it was like a month away. And because you're scared, you just don't want to launch because you're scared. And I'm sat there thinking, (laughs) are you insane? She hasn't even got an audience. Well, no, she does this thing. Like literally launching too. Yeah, right. You want. Anyway, she got on a call with me. It, it's random. I can't remember how we got on a call. And I was like, listen, I'm not saying to that I disagree because this is, they're the guru. I am but really I another person, <laughs> but I disagree. And I was like, if you were in my world, I would want you to spend the next two quarters starting to build up who you are and what you do and showing up in the world as that expert. Like, anyway, she didn't. Because the guru said she was being scared. She launched, she sold three. Two of them were to people who were in the mastermind and one of them was to a friend. She then deemed that she, um, obviously it wasn't going to work because she only sold three and pivoted again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Devastating how much that probably cost her if you think the mastermind cost plus the cost of launching plus the repivot. So and scary. the cost on her own self-esteem and yep. mental well-being, like to be told that you're wrong for thinking that you shouldn't launch and then to be told, just go ahead and do it. And it's you being scared and you've got to take action and blah, 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 blah. And then when their advice doesn't work, it's your fault, not theirs. Like yep. there was no ownership of like, I actually didn't have any audience to just say no one was going to buy it. It just shocking, 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 shocking. She probably actually had a really high conversion rate because she probably only had a an audience yeah. of five. <laughs> they I really suspect. should have factored that in when working. That you know she should she should have just kept going. <laughs> I suspect she was probably one of their case studies. Like they had oh. a sales conversion rate of X. Yeah, they didn't tell you how many people they had. Like they just told you the conversion rate. Drives me crazy. Oh dear. Oh, this has been so fun. So where can people keep following you, chatting to you? Where are you on the socials? So my favorite is Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. So if you search Teresa Heath Waring, the advantage of having a very long and unusual name, you will find me. I am there. And please come say hi. I love a voice DM. I'm all about chatting and connecting. So yeah, please come and say hi. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.